right, let's do it. Do it. <laughs> Listen, I'll just tell you guys real quick. My kids go to snowboard school. And so they're from November to April, they live at Mount Snow Academy. They're like little animals on snowboards. I saw that on Instagram and I, yeah. I, I literally was like, whoa. Yeah. So they're twin 12 year old boys. I literally, I raised terrorists, dude. I don't know how I did it, but they're out of control. So we, my wife and I were just like, we send them to snowboard school. So they're up there. We're empty nesters from November to April. She's traveling. Um, so I'm like, I don't, let's stay up all night and talk about mountain bikes. I don't care. Oh, this this might get wild, man. You're home alone. I'm at the office. Like I, I literally left my house. I was like, I'm going to the office. It's quieter. The dog's yeah. not around. Like the Wi-Fi is probably better. Yeah. I even knocked off like an 11 mile mountain bike ride tonight. Like skinny tires, no snow. We have one ridge line up here that runs along, you know, up to up high for like 20 miles. And I was like, I'm going to go see what it's like. Cause it, it, the wind was blowing and the sun was out. Dude, it was bone dry. And it was just oh. like, I can't, jealous. I can't wait to get back out. Yeah. I got uh, probably a month, month and a half before trails are going to open. Yeah. We're, there's some spots around here that are spiny because we're so glad, you know, outside of Hartford where I am in Connecticut, it's glacial. So we have some real tight pitches. And if you get up on the ridge lines, you know, not many people know it because it's 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 blue blaze. So it's it's legacy hiking trail. But adjacent to it is I mean, it's just it's just rocks. It's so rad. Oh. I know. So I was like, I pulled the full suspension out. I was like, let, I called my buddy. I was like, come on, dude, let's do it. And it was it was pretty tasty. <laughs> nice. Yeah. My bike. I. I dropped my bike off like i don't know three weeks ago or four weeks ago to get the fork service the dropper service and just have them go through the thing for me and um they called me early this week and they were like it'll be back you know end of the week probably and i'm getting antsy it's still too wet to ride my local trail system is it's dcr property so it's it's closed well not all of them are but blue hills is closed month of march for mud season for yep. mountain, just mountain bikes. Um, so, but I can go south a little bit to Rhode Island or like. Come, come here, dude. It's yeah. Harper's not that far. No, it's not. Not that far. All right, let's do it, man. Because I'm, we're typing, we're getting like good material here that we could probably put in. The- Tyler will probably just run all that, to be honest. Yeah, I, I won't cut it. <laughs> I, I like I like just the raw conversation stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so again, here for another episode of Dude Where's My Nar podcast. Super pumped. Have another lo- fairly local guest on uh, to my area, not Tyler's. We got to get some people from throughout the country out here. It's been, you know, here and there. We've had sporadic, but we mostly New Englanders so far. Nick Ferraro, who is the Director of Membership and Outreach for New England Mountain Biking Associ- Mountain Bike Association, and that is NEMBA. We'll probably talk about NEMBA a lot, and that's what that stands for. He is going to – we're going to talk about what we usually talk about, you know, how he started riding, all of that stuff. Tyler's on tonight. Looking forward to getting another episode out and just chopping it up about bikes like we usually do. Welcome, bud. This is great. I'm psyched to be here. So I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll start. Where are you from, 
Mick. Yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm a, a outside of Baltimore, Maryland. I grew up just north of Baltimore on the near the Mason Dixon line um, in a little town called Westminster, Maryland. Um, yeah, I w- grew up there. Was there until I went away to college in Greensboro, North Carolina, and then um, made my way back up into the Northeast. I guess I've been in the Northeast for about twenty some years. You know met a wonderful woman who grew up in Simsbury, Connecticut. And that's currently where I, where I live right now, for sure. Great spot. So how and when did mountain bikes or bikes, let's start where your mountain biking journey started. Like what planted that seed? I mean, it's the, the, the bridged version is, is I've got two older brothers and we basically just beat the shit out of each other growing up, you know, and um, you know, we, the, my GT pro and my brother had a hutch and my other brother had a Kuahara and we were racing, you know, BMX bikes and, and building jumps our whole entire lives growing up. Um, you know, fast forward, I think my, my life became a little bit more traditional sport. I got it, played soccer in college my whole life and then, or soccer and tennis into college. And my brothers were like still ripping on mountain bikes. They just, you know, the, it evolved for them. So like I watched my old, one of my older brothers who went to RIT, you know, race 24 hour races. And he was like, I was always like, damn, dude, that's cool that he's doing that. But I was just caught up in coaching soccer and, you know, playing tennis and doing all those things. But I got this call from my oldest brother who was outside of Baltimore in like 1996. And he said, Hey man, I'm doing a 24 hour race at the 20 in Canaan, West Virginia. It, can you make it? We're doing a four man team. And I was like, dude, I don't even have a bike. I don't, I mean, I, I, I can come like, what do you want me to do? And he was like, you're, you're, I was in good shape. I was fit. And he's like, just, just come show up. So I, I did, I drove from outside of Baltimore. I drove to Canaan, West Virginia. And when I pulled in, he was like, holy shit, man, you came. I can't believe you're here. <laughs> and, he, and he had a bike for me and we rode, we rode like, hard you know all night 24 hours at Canaan and that is like really really technical hard mountain biking in West Virginia and um that was it man from there it was non-stop I didn't miss a 24-hour race for the next like 13 years um, snowshoe um big bear we always put teams together um and it, it just kind of took over my life I mean I just fell in love with it you know, the, 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 at some point you got to say goodbye to soccer and tennis and all those things. And, you know, you get into being kind of an adult and, and the bike really, you know, it became a passion, no doubt about it. So uh, with a 24 hours, 24 hour race, can you break that down with like, how's that go? And what's it like? It's great, man. So those, it was called, it was the Granny Gear series. And so um, this guy, Laird Knight, used to run the Granny Gear series. And he had like um, West Virginia, then he had one out in Moab, Utah. But we would have a four-man team. And like back in the days, like Tinker Juarez used to r- ride them. And like we'd see like real pro ra- racers out there. It was a, you know, it was like a early 2000s, late 90s thing. Um, but we would have a four-man team. And it was me and my brothers and we dragged my, I have a little sister who we dragged into it and we were team mom um, because, you know, what's better than your mom. And so, it, 
we would just, it was a relay race. It was a baton. You'd do a lap, you'd come around, you hand off and you would do as many laps as you could for 24 hours. Um, you know, we were there for the party for sure. Our families would come, we would hang out, we would, you know, drink and camp and act ridiculous and support one another. Um, but yeah, dude, it was, that was like really mountain bike festival stuff. I mean, costumes up all night, you know, a couple of years I did back to back night laps that were extra rad. Um, a lot of memories, man, are really, really great memories from, from being there and being with my family for sure. Awesome stuff. That sounds unbelievable. It was dude. We, you know, it's funny. I'll tell you, we have a group of guys, a, a gaggle of, of friends then in the summer in Blacksburg, Virginia, summer in, you know, Maryland that we actually started out as team mom, but then we had so many people like kind of become part of it uh, tangentially that it was like, then we became team mom. And then we had to have another team and it was team dad, so we <laughs> team mom, team dad. And then I have an uncle, I have one uncle who's, you know, like a, like a, I, I, he's a dear friend and I love him. You know, he's amazing. And so uncle bud was my uncle is my uncle. So we had team mom, dad, and uncle bud. And you know, and then we shortened it. And so everybody knew us as M-Dub. <laughs> so now like that M-Team M-Dub is, is kind of like known. I mean, it's it, it, certainly within the mid-Atlantic where I came up mountain biking and I still have a lot of people there. Um, yeah, man, M-Dub is, is a thing and we still stay in touch and we try to get together and ride once a year. We'll go down to you know, into like Stokesville and Blacksburg and Roanoke um, and ride those trails down there. And yeah, it's a real special group of guys that started, you know, in, in the mid nineties, for sure. A testament to mountain biking, what it can do for sure. The yeah. community. Community, man. You know, it, I listened to, I told you, I listened to Jimmy last week and like, I, I literally was, not only was I inspired by his story because the guy's so easy to listen to and, and, and be motivated by everything that he's doing for sure. But like, he kept saying community in, in like that, that's it. That's it. You know, the mountain bike community, it, you do it because you want to go and hang with your people and, you know, whether you have a beer after or just sit down and bullshit and talk about how fast you are. Like, that's what it is, man. It's all about that. It's all about, creating those experiences. And, you know, for Jimmy, it sounded like it, it, it really transcended his life, but in a lot of ways it has for me too, you know, it's, it's me developed so many relationships and friendships and, you know, now carried on to what's, what's a career, which is like, dude, that's amazing. I'm, I pinch myself every day, you know, it's cool. <laughs> I, I mean, I was thinking about that and that's, that's one of the topics um, definitely want to touch on as far as, and I, I think um, one of our guests, we asked the same thing, but how is it to have that as a career? Cause like, it's so fun for me to go and yeah. ride, but I, you know, I, I also, I, you know, I have work too, so yeah. I, don't, I don't get to ride or whatever. Like, and I understand, I see all the work you do. We've talked a lot. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I wear my dude wear, wears my NAR hat when, when I do this stuff and whatever, but, and I don't really talk about it cause it's separate, but it's still the same. Like I was recently, you know, um, elected as president of, of our chapter, Southeast Massachusetts, NEMBA, 
uh, New England Mountain Bike Association. And, you know, it's it's all new to me, like that side leadership side of things. And I, I'm a volunteer, right? Like it's, but to be able to work, be, work and get paid for mountain biking stuff. How is yeah. it? You know, it's, um, it's amazing. I mean, it's amazing. Let's just be honest about, I'll, I'll say that, that this, that's the short answer. I mean, but the reality is, is that it's a job too. And there's, yep. there's shitty days, you know, there's days where you're just like, oh man, I, I gotta, I gotta do what, you know, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's also like, you know, I, I have, you know, it took almost 50 years, but I have a job now where it's like, oh my, I can't believe that I get to get to talk about mountain bikes and mountain bike, mountain bike advocacy and trails and, you know, interact. Most importantly, I will say is interact with people that are just awesome. I mean, Travis, our executive director is awesome. You know, he's got an, his vision for what he wants Nemba to be is like, I couldn't be more proud to, to, to beat to that drum. It's, it's fantastic. You know, the folks that we've hired, Emily and Liz and, you know, Amanda, we've just hired as a, a full-time events coordinator. I mean, the, it, it, you could dig, throw trash around as long as you're working with the right people. I, I just so happen that it just so happens that I, I get to talk about my passion, which is bikes and mountain bikes and work with like, like-minded, smart, motivated people, which is, dude, I mean, what's better than that? That's, that's, that's a home run. Um, I was a little wary though. I mean, like, dude, I love bikes, man. I love mountain biking. I'm like, I'm kind of weird about it. I think all of us, we all three of us are. So I was a little, I was a little apprehensive about bringing my passion to my profession. And is it going to become like this, you know, mess? Is it going to become where like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. But, you know, I'm uh, like four months in, five months in, and do, I love it more. It's, you know, I, I can't describe to you how I can't be more emphatic about like, you know, really doing something you love and like having my kids see me be psyched about mountain biking. And as a profession, they must be like, what the hell? You know, <laughs> that's 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 insane. Um, yeah, man. Dream job. Great people, true, like true love when it comes to me and bikes, no doubt about it. So I, I can, I'm into it for sure. Yeah. My little sister always says like, we would go on these rides and we'd go on long rides. And I did a couple like epic rides with her, like 50, 60 milers. And, you know, I, we, I mean, she's six years younger than me. Me and my older brothers tortured that poor little girl <laughs> when she was, when we were growing up. She's like, you are so nice when we ride. You're like the nicest, my wife will say, when after you come back from, it's, I'm sure it's the same for all, everybody. It's like, when you come back from a ride, you're just a better person, you know? So yep. fold that into a career. And yeah, man, it's 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 a job, but dude, I, it's the only job I want for sure. For sure. Uh, amen to that. Yeah, amen to that, man. <laughs> it, it doesn't happen you know, it's elusive. I will say that, you know, but, uh, again, very fortunate and, um, you know, psyched to have the responsibility of growing mountain biking in throughout new England for sure. So then with, uh, with Nemba, how, how, how did that start? And, uh, when did it start for those of us who don't really 
know too much about New England in general. Yeah, yeah it's it's a, it's a it's a great time to answer this question because we are 35 years old this year. Um, we are the oldest mountain bike. Yeah, man. We're, we're like, we're the oldest mountain bike organization in the country. You know, Imba came right behind us. They're right on our heels. Um, you know, this, this organization is really grassroots. It, it started at by chance at a community meeting in, in Massachusetts. Um, and then from there, you know, it just, by, by force of will, by pushing a rock uphill, you know, there were some amazing people along the way, these 35 years that carried this thing to where it is today. Um, and that is today, 32 chapters um, throughout New England. Um, the only state we don't cover is Vermont. Vermont has uh, Vermont Mountain Bike Association and their friends and partners, and they do a great job for, in Vermont. Um, but 32 chapters throughout five states. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm at the regional level with a few other folks. I just named them. And, you know, our responsibility really is to support the chapters and help them grow, give them the tools to, you know, grow and and, and make mountain biking a, a, a real thing in their area for sure. But yeah, NEMBA is a kick-ass organization that's been around for a long time. Um, and in just this next last couple of years, 18 months, it's a real, it's a real tipping point for us um and in real change which is really exciting me getting involved and especially i see more of the workings of what's going on in the, in a leadership role talking to regional guys like yourself and i think one of the biggest you know obviously travis had a huge part of that but i i think most recently the fact that there i think it's four full-time like yeah. paid salary or employees. Yeah. I think that has a huge effect on that. Cause yeah. I know from my perspective, what would I do? You know, I have a five-year-old, a wife and a more than full-time job. Right. Yeah. So I can only give so much, sure. but, but if I could give, you know, those 11 hours a day that I work at my day job to this. And, and again, I'm, it's just, the stuff you guys have been putting out and doing, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, you know, again, I'll go back to Travis and like, you know, he came on, I think it's 18 months now he came on and, you know, the, the backstory is, is that Philip PK ran this organization by himself for 20 some years. And dude, the, the work that that man did to get us where we are, like we all owe him a hug every time we see him. Um, he moved mountain biking in the Northeast in new England to like unprecedented levels and the dudes in the mountain bike hall of fame for a reason, no doubt about it. So when he stepped away, there was a vacancy. Then Travis came in, you know, 18 months ago and Travis is sharp and he's got a vision and he's like, you know, he wants, he recognizes that this thing is not this organ organic organization anymore. It's a, it's a real thing. And this real thing needs systems. It needs process. We're a volunteer organization. You know, dudes like Tommy are amazing, but like, you know, we can't demand your time like that. You've got a family, you've got a life, you've got to go out and work. So we've got to give you the tools to make your life easy and to really grow this organization and to make it into what we want to be. Um, you know, and that's that's really where we're at right now. It's like we're wrapping our arms around this membership and really starting to like say, let's do all this cool shit. 
only because all this cool shit is already happening. You know, it's not like we're reinventing the wheel. I mean, the things that are happening in New England and have been happening in these chapters, it's it, it would blow your mind. You know, it's just that we we've done we we haven't been able to talk about it. We haven't done a great job communicating or, or, or like going to New Hampshire and sitting down with those guys and saying, can we tell everybody in New England and the world like how that you're building these trails and you've engaged enduro riders underrepresentative communities and you know and you're also like bringing in Aaron Chase to be like the head one of the you know figureheads for all this like are you kidding me that's that's happening and nobody knows it so you know for us now it's like okay we're wrapping our arms around this membership we're going to start to talk about all these great things we're doing and then that's going to really incentivize and motivate us and really guide us in everything that we want to do I mean, you know, we, we've inherited such a, an amazing organization, you know, and, and with, with this new staff and with folks that are, are motivated to work hard for mountain biking, it's not, it's not hard, man. It's not hard for sure. So uh, again, I, I'm going to talk about something that I don't really know about because it was like far before my time right? To call it 25, 30 years ago, but talking to the older guys who've been riding for 25, 30, 35 years, um, you know, if you look back and I'll speak for Massachusetts at what was available to ride there, like there's still places that you mountain bikes aren't allowed for for whatever reasons, you know, Back then, when when everyone first came on the scene, it was, you know, it was like the new people on the trails. Yeah. And you couldn't, you weren't allowed to ride many, a a ton of places. And what NEMBA has done for advocacy and, again, secondhand from what I've heard, and just looking back at what they would tell me what's available. And I look at a Trail Forks map now, just in Massachusetts, never mind New England. And it is just you there's so much to ride sure. yeah and that, you know, that didn't just happen now i you know i'm learning you know i don't know the history and like we have bill bowles who's been around so he's one of the original members of nemba and luckily he's still with us on a part-time basis at the regional level and basically educates us every day on all the things all the work that went into this but yeah i mean that's that's the other part about new england it's like this is not forest service land. This is not Colorado. This is not vast. These are tight parcels of land that people are all invested in, you know, and there's reservoirs and there's land trusts and there's, you know, all of these things. So outdoor recreation, you know, to get mountain bikes um, access, it was, it was a lot of work. There's no doubt about it. There was a lot of like, you know, data, there was a lot of understanding trails. There was a lot of meetings. There was a lot of talking to people and some of it didn't work, but for the most part, you know, you can see that just by the amount of trails and just by what we have, like again, PK, Adam, Tom Grimble, those guys, man, they, they were, they were grinders to make this happen. They forced, you know, mountain biking in the Northeast, um, and really, we're, we're fortunate to have all of what we have today. And dude, don't get me wrong. I've ridden across, I've ridden this whole entire country, you know, Downeyville, um, you know, Southern California, 
Colorado, you know, in the middle in Michigan. And I, the Northeast has the best riding around. If you can ride in the New England area, if you can ride in the Northeast, you can ride anywhere, hands down. That's all there is to it. And, you know, the, the advocacy work that NEMBA's done over the last 35 years is, is, is really responsible for, for all or most of that, for sure. You know, and now we got to carry it on and, and outdoor recreation has changed. The landscape's changed. You know, it's not three years ago. It's, it's very different. You know, we all know that things changed over the last three years. It is a crowded space. Everybody's recreating close to home. Now more than ever, our seat at the table and, you know, the work that was put in for all those years, you know, NEMBA has an opportunity to be the tip of the spear and to, to do more for mountain biking. But in the same vein, it's like, we got to do more for trail use, trail users. You know, everybody's out there recreating and we have to be responsible for all of them and lead them. We have to be the leading organization that says, I don't care whether you're a hiker, an equestrian, an ornithologist, whatever the hell you are, you have a right to recreate in this space. Um, we just want to talk about mountain biking also as part of the equation, for sure. You and, know, and that's 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 new. That's new for sure. That's a new thing. And I've I've been in some meetings with, with various towns and trusts, and and yeah, we we want trails that we can ride on, right? But we're not just building mountain biking trails. There are multiple nine out of ten times it's it's for the better of all, right? It's, it's multi-use trails. It's not just for mountain biking. It just so happens we're mountain bikers and that's what we love to do. And that's, we're going to build it and design it. It's still yep. fun for everyone. Yep. Um, and the other thing, like, like you mentioned, I, I really think since COVID the people realize, I think for a long time, people realize how, valuable open spaces but i think that has has magnified since covid and especially on like a town level i've spoken to various towns and they're super open to having a partner like when, when i talk about nemba and what we do uh, you mentioned bill bowles like my town i, I reach out to the Con conservation committee talk to them about is there any opportunity for trails in the town and they were like yeah, there's a couple parcels. That'd be great. Put me in touch with the town planner. And then we were like talking and he was all about it. He's like, we have a bike plan. It has to do with roads. Uh, we're kind of talking about an entry into the blue Hills from, from the town. And yeah, man, it just one thing led to another. Then we started talking about recreational trail grants, um, the program. And he was like, yeah, we, we lost funding through this source and we're going that way. And I was like, well, I know someone who's really well versed in that and put him in contact with Bill. And it, it's just crazy, crazy, but they're it's super like, open to it right now. They need it, man. Listen, we all know. I mean, how many, how many times in your life have you said, I need help? You know, it doesn't matter what you're doing or whatever it is. Land trusts, towns, communities are no different. They all need help. They don't have the bandwidth. They don't have the manpower. They don't have the finances. They need help. They need support. Um, and whether that becomes trail design or trail maintenance 
or whatever it is, you know, from a trail, you know, educating them on what trail networks and stewardship needs to be. We're the experts, you know, and we can support them. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. We don't support them in like, hey, man, we need to build mountain bike trails. We need to build recreational trails, you know, and COVID has changed the game in that every, they, you know, it's it's becoming known now that, uh, you know, COVID has changed the game in that recreation is called close to home. You know, we're, we could dive into the the economic impacts of recreational trails and communities. You know, it's like you need people are going to buy a house because they can get close to a recreational area. <laughs> That's all there is to it, man. I got trails in my backyard. I can walk over here. My wife can hike. She can ride her bike. You know, I can push the stroller, whatever the hell it is. That's a real thing. Um, and yep. there's more people doing it where NEMBA comes in or trail advocacy comes in. And, you know, again, we're, we aspire to be so much more than a mountain bike club. I think I said that to you once, Tommy, it's like, we need to be a trail organization, trail stewards and bring more people to the table, be people that are like, you know, again, Jimmy, Chris, he said it a million times community. Like, like, don't be, you know, Travis always says it's the, don't be an ass rule. You know, when you're on a trail, say hi to everybody. Be nice. It's so much. It's it's such better energy than anything else. But we can be leaders in the in the trail in trail building or trail design or whatever it is um, for every user. You know, accessibility and inclusivity. That's it, man. For sure. It's cool hearing about about all this because, like, I I'm not uh, I'm not a part of anything right now. so last year I, I basically just robot myself. <laughs> so like, it's interesting hearing, um, hearing how things go in other parts of the, the country. And then, um, you know, I, I know there's, there's ways I can get involved here as well. And I'm thinking yeah. about it. So it's, it's really cool to just kind of hear how it all works behind the scenes. Cause like for me, you know, I just kind of see like the storefront. <laughs> I yeah. didn't see the, the final product. So, yeah, man. Yeah. There's, 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 stuff happening, you know, in the kitchen for sure, you know, but the, I mean, don't get me, dude, I've been a NEMBA member for 17 years. I gave 40 bucks each year and like, you know, was knew everybody and had friends in the community and was an evangelist for mountain biking forever, you know, in the two towns that I lived in, in Connecticut. Um, But I never like did much, man. I, I mean, I knew the people, I didn't really do, but that's okay. You know, that's okay too, because, you know, there's you being out there and being a recreational user, we, you know, we understand that we need to talk, you're part of it. We need to talk to you. We need to understand your needs. We need to understand what you're, what, where you want to go. What kind of trails do you want? Um, You know, so like, it's not, there's a lot happening, but like, you know, whatever man it's still mountain biking and trails and shit and that's cool you know we yeah we, we it, you <laughs> know? So for sure yeah when when i first joined i i would feel guilty that it like if i missed a trail day or like people were like you know he's not here or whatever i wasn't like, i was just a member right yeah yeah and i feel guilty and i'm like dude i got a family i'm busy whatever like i can't take six hours on a saturday and one of the old old heads was like, dude, it like whether you're here or not, it's going to get done. Right. Obviously, we want more people. That's great. 
But at the end of the day, like your name is on paper, that for that minimal, like when you talk about it, like $40 a year, that's like, that's like two weeks of coffee money, you know, you know, in the grand scheme of things, how much do you spend on your bike? I'll just stop there. Yeah, right? right. So um, anyways, yeah. he, he was like, just your name as part of the membership and, and forget about the $40, like just the name on the membership it's strength in numbers, right? Yeah. So like, when you go in front of a land manager or, or you're proposing something or you're saying we're the you know, experts at you know, trail work or, or whatever it may be, advocacy, and you say, we have over 8,000 members in New England. And, and on my end, in just in our chapter, we have 480 members, right? In Southeastern Massachusetts. That, my name counts for something. Huge. Whether you go to the trail day or not. Yeah. Do what you can. That's yep. the bottom line, man. Do what you can. Like, there's no, it's all good vibes, man. There's no doubt about it. It's like mountain biking should be, you know, it, it, people are in it for different reasons. And we respect that. Some people want to be, be out there. Some people are diggers. Awesome. Yep. Take you. There's guys that have community relationships. Awesome. We'll use it. There's guys that can copy edit. Great. I can't wait to talk to Jimmy Christensen about, you know, hopefully doing some partnerships on some of the videos he's doing. Take it. You know, everybody's got a role to play, man. And that's what it is. That's again, like to go back to community within our NEMBA community, everybody's given something, man. There's no doubt about it, whether it's 40 bucks or, you know, five days a week in the dirt. Um, They all add up to making us what we are and, you know, do what you can. It's, you know, I, I, I probably did three trail work days and you know what? That's all right. You know, it's all right. I'm making up for it now. You know, it's like, you know, your your time will come where you something's going to come around and you're that good karma. You're going to say, oh, shit, I can do that. You know, and and like Tyler, you're going to cut up this video or this this audio. And that's a huge deal, dude. You know, (laughs) to make us look great. hundred (laughs) percent. You know, that that kind of stuff is, you know. It, 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 there is a lot though. I will say that it's an education for me too, because I'm new. I've never had a nonprofit job. I've never been in this type of a position. And I, I, one, I'm always, I try to apologize to Travis, you know, probably once a month because I don't know how he did it by himself for a year, a year and a half. That's insane. And two, it's like, I, I, I try to learn every day, you know, like what, what do we need to do? What do we need to get, need to get better at? And what can I bring, you know, from my previous life into this to, to strengthen this organization? Um, but yeah, man, nonprofit advocacy life is it's, it's real work, you know, it's real work. It's, it's good for sure. So I, I think it was, Late fall was the election and I was the president of the chapter all of a sudden. And um, I've learned so much, so much in crazy. since then. Shit that I wouldn't even have dreamed of. Didn't know that was going on. Um, so much of, about like how much it takes on the front end just to get something approved. Yeah. Like, never mind bill right the building's the easy part you get the guys out there who know what they're doing and then we you have a plan and you go to work like front end stuff is just you know whether if it's at a town level you might have to meet with five different 
committees or or whatever. And then you still don't have an answer because they need to check a couple things. And, and that's all well and good. That's part of the process. Uh, I know it's different in, in different states. State, state, yeah. Um, or different municipalities within the state are, but it's crazy, man. And you probably know more than me because like, you know, you know, my role is growing membership and talking to our business partners and really, you know, curating this organization into what we want it to be, you know, and then Emily is chapter resources. So her, her role is to support chapter, you know, our chapters and make them stronger, better, faster. Um, and then Liz runs our operations, but dude, we need a full-time advocacy person hundred percent when it comes to writing grants, when it comes to dealing with, you know, the town managers or land trusts, or we don't even have that, you know? So that part that you're talking about, Tommy is like, you know, we, we have blind spots at NEMBA. Sure. And we, we need to grow into them and that, you know, right now, you know, again, Travis has said a couple of times, like we need a full-time advocacy person to really, you know, to chart those waters, man. It's hard. That shit's hard. Yep. You know, you've it's relationships and it's understanding how to do certain things and checking boxes. And, you know, I don't, I don't know how you do that, dude, with a small little daughter and a wife. <laughs> That's madness. I, I'm going to say, like, and I'll give all the credit where credit's due. We're one of the oldest chapters, one of the first yeah. chapters created, and we have some 25, 30 year old, 30 year mountain bikers who've been NEMBA members that long, who are still active in the chapter and talk about wealth, like a wealth of knowledge uh, yeah. from all these guys. And I mean, Bill, I, I can't speak enough about Bill. Like he's held yeah. my hand. Hey, come to this meeting with me. Um, check out this email. What do you think? And, and, and it like leads one thing to another. And all of a sudden we're meeting with a executive director of a land trust in the middle of a like work day in, in Wareham. And we go on like a mile and a half walk through right. some trails. And like, I'm like, what am I doing right now? Yeah. And it's just, yeah. he you know, is like, yeah, he's we, awesome. That's what you get. I think that's the other thing about having this, you know, this 35 year old organization that has built relationships like that over time. And, you know, us Northeasterners, and I'm calling myself that, even though I grew up a little, I'm, I'm tenured enough, like, <laughs> dude, it's blood, man. Like you're thick, you know, it's like, it's for real. There's loyalty and, you know, there's camaraderie and there's relationships and they, they stick around. So, you know, this time that these folks, you know, early number folks really put in is have s- built a foundation and there's a, you know, we lean on Bill all the time to guide us because we want to do. And he's like, come back down <laughs> here, you know, and that's all, that's good. We need that, you know, yep. and and he also has from an educational standpoint, he's dealt with all this land trust. He's dealt with those, you know, with um, he talks their language. Like he knows his stuff. So good, man. So good. You got to have a guy like that. We are so fortunate to have a guy like that, that can, you know, really be a barometer for us and and educate us on, on the moves we need to make, um, you know, from a historical perspective, man. And you're like, I I would, I would cherish that relationship, man. You're lucky that, you know, he's been, he's been in, in through those, he's navigated some of that that you're going through. So he's, he's your guy for sure. 
Yeah, he, he was an originally a Blue Hills guy from what I gather. And and CMAS, now I'm a member and he's down the Cape now. So he's, you know, he's he's a member of CMAS. Like, but he, you know, he's forever. A, yeah, forever. He he's forever. in the Cape chapter and um he helps everyone. Doesn't matter where it is. Dude, he ripped my legs off when we went out. We had a retreat out at the Cape. And you know, he guys tore- to put this in context, Bill, Bill Bowles is how old? I think he's 80. He's 80. All right. I think so he's 80. Now I'm proceed. Sorry, Bill. I'm sorry, Bill, if you're listening to this and you're 78. I didn't mean to give you that, but <laughs> I think he's 80. But it, listen, he's the sweetest man. And again, he's he's uh, you know, he is a a wealth of knowledge for this organization and mountain biking, and particularly in this area. Um but we went out and rode and he was just like, he just dropped the hammer on us on this, you know, on this windy flat single track out on the Cape. And I, we, you know, I was like, are there any rocks here, bro? What's the deal? Oh. Nope. There's one and he'll show it. He'll point it. Point he'll it. Point it out. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, man, it's, it, it you know, for, for a new staff at the regional level, uh, invaluable to have a guy like that, you know, as a, as steering us in, in some some capacity along the way, no doubt about it. Cool. That's funny. I forget that he's like, you know, he's from your neck of the woods, man. He he paved the way. So uh, we're gonna talk about Bill for a little bit because he, he's <laughs> awesome. He is so awesome. He jumps, he jumps on a DCR call for Blue Hills, and it was like they opened it up to public comment, right? And it was just about a plan to for some like uh, access improvements and stuff. We just wanted to make sure our mountain bikers were represented on the call. And he comes out and he's like, Hey, I just wanted to say like, I've been frequenting the blue Hills since like 1954. Yeah. Right. And I, and I was like, and, and people knew him from DCR. They were like, Oh, Hey Bill, like on the call, like old, (laughs) old home week. It was amazing. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I tried. So we have that bi-weekly newsletter called Trail Mix. And I, you know, I, I, my background is, you know, community PR and marketing agencies and, you know, all that nonsense. And I was like, Bill, we would get on these, when I first started, we got on all these chapter calls to introduce ourselves. And so oh, we were doing all these chapter calls and we would get on the call and I'd introduce myself and Emily. And then it, Bill would say, I'm Bill Bowles. And then inevitably somebody from the chapter would say, dude, I'm not even joking. Somebody would say, everybody knows Bill. It must've happened 20 times. Everybody knows Bill. And so I tried to get Bill to write a column in trail mix called everybody knows Bill, but he wouldn't do it. He's just so humble. He's so, you know, you know, he just wants to fly under the radar, but I'm like, dude, come it's like everybody knows Bill. Everybody knows Bill. He, he wouldn't bite, man. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't get him to do it. He's got so much, you know, in stored in that brain of Nemba history, man. It's it's so good, so good. So I mean, we talked about what what's your bike? What do you ride? What's your ride? Yeah, man. So uh, you know, I'm I am I had. I'm going to, I'm going to lead you up to this. Cause I feel like I, I have to show my roots. I learned to be a good mountain biker on a single speed, rigid, vicious 29er. Um, and that was my bike, dude. It was the vicious motivator, you know, Carl Schlemowitz, the steel that came out of new Paltz, New York. There's nothing like it. It was just, it was a minx that bike. And I rode that single speed to death. And then I got a geared the same exact bike in a different color geared. 
And I rode that to death. I rode that in the SM 100 and all these endurance races and just tried to kill myself. And then for my 40th birthday, my brother and a buddy, a couple of buddies of ours, we went to Sedona and, um, he rented me a bike for my 40th birthday and it was the new, I mean, dude, I'm old, I'm 48. So that was eight years ago. It was the new pivot 429 when it first came out. And I went out there and rode it for four days, came back, sold everything bike I had and bought a, a pivot 429 uh, SL, their race bike. And I just, I mean, dude, I was my first full suspension bike and I just buried myself on that thing and I broke it. And then I bought another 429 SL. And then just this past fall, I bought the 429 trail. And that thing is like, it's all party, man. It is just, <laughs> it's, it, I, I, it is literally like from a guy who rode steel hardtails, it's the best climbing bike I've ever had. I can throw it off at anything. It just, it corners, it's, it, I don't know, dude, this might be the best bike I've ever made. It does it all. I chase my kids down Thunder Mountain, you know. Um, yeah, it's so that's what I'm riding. I also have, um, you know, in, in the winter, I ride a Surly Pugsley, like the OG Pugsley. It's, you know, it's it's totally, you know, just it's the giant piece of steel, shit, but I ride the <laughs> hell out of it. And then I have um, I have a Karate Monkey also, an original Karate Monkey, certainly. That is my touring bike. So I've done... I've done Pittsburgh to DC a few times. I've done Albany to Buffalo a few times, uh, or I did that once, but Pittsburgh to DC is a good, good bike packing trip I've done. Um, and that's my paneers and carry everything. I, last year I did the Vermont gravel growler, um, bike packing trip. That was fun. That was hard. That was really hard, dude. It was hot and my brother cracked and I had to save his life and get him to a hotel and throw him in a shower. Um, but yeah, right, those are two Surleys and uh, and the 429, for sure. The 429 is the shit. I rode that thing today, and I was like, "Are you kidding?" You know, I've been we were buried in fat bike land, and I I got on the 429 tonight, and I was just like, "Dude, what the? Who who made this bike, man? <laughs> w Link, you know, in some of those punchy climbs where it just you got to bury it. There's it just sticks, you know, and then." there's some really, really rocky, you know, pitchy descents in, in where I rode today. And it just is like, I don't even put the dropper down, you know, it's just like, it kills it. It's great. Great bike. What's the travel on that thing? One forty, one twenty. So it's not that, but I was riding a 100, you know, that 429 SL was their race bike and it was really had a steep steer, a steep head tube and it was short travel bike and it was great. It was a climber's bike. Cause I can climb. That's really the only thing I'm good at. Um, <laughs> but like I, I started riding chunkier stuff here and the guys that build these local trails around Hartford, man, it's just, you know, the stuff that they build, it's just, it's so rad, you know, it's so technical and so many, you know, opportunities to do stupid <laughs> and I wanted, I wanted a little more slack, a little bit more, a little bit more rowdy bike. Um, and I didn't go far with 120, but dude, it's, it's dirty. So good. Oh, yeah. The bike back. I sold my soul to get it though, man. I got <laughs> to, you know, like we all do. I did. 
I did. I think I told my wife, I was like, I bought it, but I'm going to sell everything else. And like everything else is still in the shed, you know, it's the same. <laughs> I'm sure we all, we've all done it. it's terrible, but yeah, good bikes, man. I like a steel bike still. I like the simplicity of a, a bike. I like clean lines. I, I don't like, you know, horky, bendy shit. I need it to be straight. I need it to climb. I need it to be, you know, I need it to be a climber's bike. I kind of cut my teeth racing only because I could be, I could climb. I was never that good of a descender. I've gotten better. Um, but yeah, I need it to be like, I'll see you at the top. I'll wait for you. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Well, I, I mean, there's a ton of climbing out here. There is a ton of climbing, you know, it's like, there's no big long climbs, you know, like that we go, when we go down South, we go off route 81 into Roanoke and into Blacksburg and into the Shenandoahs. Those have the real, real deep, you know, leg burning long climbs. Um, but up here it's pitchy. It's really pitchy here, you know, steep technical stuff. You know, all my friends from the mid Atlantic, whenever they come up to ride, they're like, dude, how, how do you ride this stuff? You know, it's like, how do you do this? Because they're not used to, you know, hitting a rock and then having to make a move and then going up and then going to, and then all of a sudden you got to make another move and then you're on top of a skinny and then you're like, you know, and then you got to huck it off of something. And then you maybe have like three, four seconds to just pedal. But, you know, in the mid-Atlantic, they have flowy, fast racetrack shit. Yeah. Um, You know, but like, you know, I think about us up here, you know, and I think about Nemba, it's like, you know, we have some blind spots, you know, where we need to get, we want trails, you know, we want all mountain bikers, like I was saying, we want all cyclists, but like, we're missing the enduro crowd, we're missing the downhill crowd, we need some of those guys in our organization to, to bring some of that new stuff, you know, and I, I lean on my kids who are 12 and little rippers to, you know, those are the, those are the guys that we need to bring in and, and like bring more trail that is not just, you know, techie cross country shit. We want, we want it all. I'm into it all. And I know everybody that I talk to and our organization is into it all. We just need to do a better job of finding them and, and starting to create those opportunities for that trail for sure. So you as a marketing guy, right? And yeah, right. We, we've talked about this a little bit. There is, and and I hate to say it, but it's true. There is a group of people who are like, have that anti-NEMBA sentiment for whatever reason. um, Everyone has a different version of why. Yep. um, That you talk to who, who are that, you know, of that mindset. So have you guys talked about how to like, yeah. How do you, you, I mean, that's the thing is like, it pains me. To think, to know that I'll say that, but I'm with you too. I understand it. You know, I get it. Um, the, the real thing is, is like, how do we get those guys in here? You know, how do we befriend them? I actually don't, I don't, I don't, I think it's a lot of where I find the fault. And we talk about this a lot is, is on NEMBA in that we did not do a good job. And we, I should take that back. We need to do a better job communicating who we are and what we do. Um, and, and really, cause I think a lot of it is just in, it's a, it sounds like a negative word, but it's not, it's ignorance. Like they don't know, dude, like they don't know what Neva's doing or they don't understand it. Or maybe there's been a bad experience and that's fine. We need to correct that. And 
personalities get involved over a 35 year history. And there's, you know, there's a, a myriad of reasons, but the bottom line is like, we're a 35 year old startup right now. I don't give a shit what happened in the past, other than the fact that I embrace our history and there's so much good. Like yeah. I want everybody, dude. I want them all. They're all welcome here. I don't care if you ride a slacked out enduro bike, if you're riding a downhill bike with a full face or you're riding a, a, a unicycle, whatever, dude. You you have a place with us, man. I don't care, you know? I love it how unicycles come up so much. It's the, the past two episodes. Keeps happening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's it. like I heard him say it. Yeah. But he said it too, but I'll, I should echo it. It's like unicycles are a little weird. But like <laughs> my point being is, is that there is some bad taste. And, you know, 35 years of an organization, there's that's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I think from this point forward, uh, we're, we're charting a new path. And that path is going to be a path of like, okay, what happened? Why? Let's move on. We're partners. We're all trying to do the same thing. We're part of this community. It's bikes, man. It's bikes. Help us help you. Please. Yep. Please, man. I, I'm like, you know, it like, it, it kind of makes me crazy. Cause that's like, there's, there's, you know, like we're all friends in this community, man. You know, and it's hard enough as it is to to navigate trail advocacy and, you know, people, if you, it, I mean, do we all know it? It's not a mystery. Some hiker gets blown by a mountain biker gets pissed off and the mountain bikers have a bad name. Yep. Done. See you later. We got to stop that. You know, that needs to stop. And in, in order to stop it, we need to have like education and we need to have everybody involved and everybody needs to talk to us and have a say. I, I mean, there's no... Nemba's not the man or the mothership or any bullshit like that. We're just a bunch of dudes trying to help mountain biking, you yep. know, that's all, you know, and, and like, it's, a, it's a nonprofit 501c3 advocacy organization, dude, I'm not making piles of money. Don't get me, you know, I gave that shit up so I could do this. Yep. Um, so like, you know, I, I would ask and like anybody who's had a bad experience with Nemba, like, dude, Come on, let's, let's let's move forward and and do it together. And you know, let's let's do cool. Shit. We can do anything if we if we can, you know, wrap our arms around each other a little bit for sure. And I would love to know, like, here from anyone that that has you know had bad experience, like what it was and and how it can be fixed or or whatever. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's probably, and it could be, like I said, man, and I think they're, you know, not, not being naive, you know, it could be personality thing. It could be a trail thing. It could be a rake and ride thing. It could be, you know, it, it, what I've learned in dealing with passion is that people are, people are so passionate about mountain biking and I'm one of them that they become territorial, that they become, you know, it's like, it's mine. It's not <laughs> like, I get it, dude. But we can't, we got to like, we got to work together and somehow, and I'll compromise and acquiesce if you do the same, yeah. you know? And, and again, like, I can't emphasize enough that we're not like some hold you down. You can't do this mountain, but like, do no, I can't say no, no, no way. It's just literally a guy who grew up mountain biking in the mid nineties dressed up in a bunny suit at the 24 hour races in West Virginia, who is just like, 
I can't believe I get to do a job and talk about bikes, man. That, that's, that's all, that's all it is, you know? And I guarantee you, Travis and Emily and Liz and Amanda are cooler than me. So, you know, and Bill, you know, it's like, and how could you hate on Bill? <laughs> I know. Right. I think it's physically impossible. It is. Yeah. You just but can't. to go full circle, we need to do a better job educating people on what NEMBA is, what NEMBA does, and how we can work together. Yep. Um, and that is truly, man, that is like number one mission for our organization and these five new staff um, over the next couple of years, for sure. I love it. It's hard. It's hard work, man. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. It is. And it isn't you because like we, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse here, but we love it. We're going to, you know, continue to love it. There's nothing that, you know, we, we're just going to try to kill it, you know? And the only way to do it is like I said, in the beginning is uh, there's so many awesome things happening. We're just going to talk about those things, you know, and those things are going to hopefully bring more people into the fold and, and help us do more. Well said. Let's hope, man. We could talk more about bikes though. Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys riding? So go ahead, Tyler. Okay. Go ahead, Tyler. All right. Tyler's got a uh, couple bikes. I have a YT Jeffsy 27.5. Um, and that's what I normally ride just everywhere. It's uh, heavy, so it gets me in shape. <laughs> so that when I go out to Colorado, it's not as bad because uh, I live at like 700 feet. So when you go out there at 10,000, you feel like you're dying. Um, so yeah, I just kind of pedal that thing everywhere. Um, and then I have a, a Trek uh, Excalibur that I ride on the road and uh, do a little gravel with it and some cross country. It just depends on how I feel. Um, but yeah, uh, those are the, the main two bikes I ride. I like those YTs. Yeah, they're super fun. Um, I like taking them on the lift, and yeah. you feel like you can do anything. And then, yeah, I don't know. That's why I bought it because you could you can do whatever you want with it, basically. Yeah, for sure. Tyler, you just got a dirt jumper too. Don't forget about that. Oh yeah, you. oh yeah. Thank, yeah, track. see, I haven't ridden in so long that my brain is like, <laughs> man. Yeah. Um, I I have a, a GT Labamba uh, that I've been kind of messing around with uh there's a uh kind of a cross-country flow-ish trail around here that i just i'll just take the dirt jumper to and then just do small little laps under the tabletops and things that get better at jumping um but yeah that's been really fun i i never thought i'd, I'd get one and then i just decided to and um couldn't be happier and you know just like with you or what you were saying you were you were riding uh, like a like a uh, no suspension, like fully rigid bike. Yeah. Um, you know, riding that thing, um, even on just the cross country trails and realizing like, wait, I don't really need suspension all the time. It really kind of changes how you, how you think about how you can ride and how, how hard you can push your full suspension bike. So that's yeah. been really cool. It's funny how that happens. Right. Oh, it's the weirdest thing. It, it's, it's awesome. So I yeah, love it. The, I, I couldn't, uh, I think I rode that bike more than my YT towards the end of the year. <laughs> I just couldn't stop riding it. So, yeah, that's what I ride. I, so I, I'm actually 
I say this every time. I'm fairly new to mountain biking, to be totally honest. <laughs> right? Like I, I grew up riding bikes, like mountain bikes, when I was a teenager. Life happened, got away from it. I say that every episode, probably. But um, it was November of 2020, right around there. We had recently moved to a town outside of Boston because we were living in Boston and there's trails and stuff. And, and we had been there a year and I was like, I could probably ride bikes again and just full on just went in. I started, yeah, just I'm I'm super like OCD and, and like addictive personality. So I was like looking at the local bike shop. I was looking at uh, what was it? Um, a Roscoe eight, a hardtail. Cause that's, I guess. Right. Yep. Grew up on a hardtail. And they were like, I think it was like September, October. They're like bike shortage, obviously. Oh, you should get it in April. I was like, okay, I'm not riding now. Anyways, I'll just, I'll, I'll put it on pre-order and we'll get this thing in April for riding season. And then, um, I know myself cause I'm just <laughs> super sick and I'm like, I'm going to get this thing. I'm going to have it for a year. It's going to depreciate. And then I'm going to want a full suspension before I'm even riding again. I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> right? So that tells you a little, you know, delve into my, how my brain works. So I call the guy back. I already paid for it. I'm like, Hey, what's up with these fuels you, you got on your website? And he's like, those are out till like October next year. And I was like, Oh, I'll just stick with this thing. He calls me back and he's like, all right. So he's like, the Cannondale habits are right around the same time. And that's equivalent to the fuel, whatever. Or my partner built from the frame up uh, a fuel EX nine, like a carbon fuel. And there's not one stock part on it. So I was like, well, how much is that? And it was like, $3,000 $3,000 more than the, 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 um, the money I had paid for the Roscoe. So I'm like, all right, let me think about it. And it didn't take long and I, and I could pick it up the next day. Yeah. And <laughs> so I have a fully tricked out fuel EX nine that I wish I could, I, I wish I could say I built it cause it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> this dude, Jeremy from Dedham bike built it. He's since moved to Florida um, but I love that thing. It's 140, 140. Like you said, built for climbing, can eat up the descents. Um, it, it, it does everything that I needed to do. Um, I love those bikes. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm 100% behind those bikes, man. I, I've, I've ridden that exact track and I thought it was like, I mean, you just can't go wrong with a high end bike like that. There's no doubt about it. That's the thing about those bikes. When you get into that range, you know, outside of this little bit of details, you know, depending on if you like SRAM or you like Shimano or maybe your brake preferences on a lever, they're all just, they all just kick ass, dude. They're all so good. You know, they all can climb. It's like, all right, well, what color do I like? And do I like the <laughs> shock coming? Do I like the shock coming out of the top tube or where, you know, what is visually? Um, yeah, that, that bike's, sick what kind of wheels are on it so i i get the bontrager uh pro pro comp there whatever line pro 30s the carbon wheels um i got the axs shifter which is just outstanding um you man you did dive in the deep i did like (laughs) the thing there's there's like two cables on that bike dude 
Yeah, literally. <laughs> I got the Hayes Dominion A4s, which me and Tyler talk about the, the breaks, best breaks going. They're um, so good. They're so good. And I just <laughs> don't know why more people don't know how good they are. A buddy I think of mine the just got them on. Yeah. I, a buddy of mine just got them on his fat bike and he was raving about. I'm like 100. I'm. I'm just like tied and true, tried, tried and true Shimano. Yeah. They're like, I'm XT everything minus my drivetrain, my brakes. You know, I just, cause it's just bulletproof. Yep. And it's, you know, I know it's going to work and I don't, I don't care about the weight to buy XTR. Um, but like those Hayes Dominion, dude, everybody's ra- raving about those. They're unbelievable. Like just yeah. outstanding. Can't say enough about them. Uh, and and in the fall, I was kind of getting the Joneses for like. Saw you have that bike. Yeah, exactly. And, and <laughs> I went with Trek again because uh, a different local bike shop, uh, Bike Barn in, in Whitnam or Whitman, uh, they had fight like fat bikes, like many of them in stock. Wow. I, I went there. Well, that's I. I Again, I'm I'm guilty of like not wanting to do shit on my bike sometimes. I didn't want to put in Kushcore. Like I heard horror stories, and yeah. I, I I know like guys who have done it a bunch of times, and they say it's easy. I'm like I don't want anything to do with that. I'd rather pay someone a couple bucks to do it. And I actually just went and got new tires too. So I was like, just throw all that on for me. And um, <laughs> so I'm in there and I'm looking at fat bikes. So I just in the fall I. I bought the Farley seven, which is just a monster truck. Yeah, dude, that's a good bike too. And unfortunately, Massachusetts kind of sucks for snow. Um, you might get a couple days out there of good snow and then it's just mashed potatoes. Yep. Or we, we had the best snow. It was, we got some snow and then it was like this rain and sleet storm and it like slushed up at the end. And the next day it was super cold. And I swear to God, it was like Velcro. Yeah. You didn't need a trail. Like I could ride through the middle of the woods. It, it was, that was amazing. That lasted a day. Like yeah. it's, you know, fat biking is like, it, it's all about, it's all about the snow. There's no doubt about it. If the snow doesn't set up right, then, then you're in trouble. I feel, I bought that Pugsley, you know, I think I've had it for 13 years. Yep. You know, it's just, and I think I maybe trade changed the drivetrain once. It's the, it's the poor old thing, but I just can't get rid of it, dude. It just <laughs> works. It's just a pig. I can't, I, it only goes straight. You know, I, I, I have to lean it like 10 seconds in advance to make a turn. Um, it's totally <laughs> like the geometry is so out, outdated, but I'm just like, whatever, dude, it, you know, for the amount of times, the, the amount of time that I ride it in the winter for the conditions I ride it in, I don't even give a, shit, you no. know, snow riding super smooth. It's yeah. just, it's chill. You just cruise. Chill. I'm doing a, um, Nemba is actually sponsoring, um, a fat bike ride up in London, Derry, Vermont this weekend. So Travis and I are going up there this Saturday. They're doing a night fat bike ride. And I think they're supposed to get some snow this week. So um it should be pretty good i'm looking forward to it so that's a perfect segue to events yeah the fest is back <laughs> on this year after a few years yeah. of, of covid yeah. and whatnot let talk talk to us what, yeah another fest is it's happening man i mean you know if you guys it, i mean it you it sounds like you haven't been to a number fest either one of you so number fest is is the 
you know, it's been, it's been dormant for two years. Prior to that, it is the biggest mountain bike festival in New England. It might be one of, it might be the best, one of the best mountain bike festivals in the country outside of like Sedona and outer bike, but certainly for New England. It had been, it had been at Kingdom Trails the last, you know, certain amount of years. And that's really where it, it grew its, its name and reputation. Um, and Kingdom Trails in Vermont is, if you guys haven't been there, it is an absolute like mountain bikers dream, you know, spend four days of just ripping single track and some of the most unbelievable views that you will ever see um, in the country. Um, but this year we're moving it. So this year it's going to Sugarloaf Mountain in the Carabasset Valley region of Maine which I went to for the first time about a month ago to snowboard and to see the area. And I am like, I, I actually, you know, to sound totally cheesy, I put in an Instagram post that it's one of the top five places that I've ever been from an outdoor experience. And that includes, you know, Downeyville, Moab, Breckenridge, um, you know, everywhere that I, you could possibly imagine riding a mountain bike. Um, Dude, it is like a wonderland up there. As soon as you go, it's far. It's like, it's a destination. There's no doubt about it. So just embrace that. You're going somewhere. But when you get there, you're going to be like, holy, I can't believe where I am. You know, going through the Rangeley Lakes of Maine, you know, driving on some of this, you know, absolutely pristine area up into the Carabasset Valley. And then it's like, it's like the light shines and it's outdoor recreation everywhere. You know, my, my data points limited because I was only there in the winter, but it was like cross country skiers, fat bikers, snowboarders, skiers, you know, in, in like people outside dog walkers, everybody outside doing everything. And I'm like, Oh my God. And then the mountains in the background and the, you know, the views of Mount Washington from Sugarloaf. I mean, it's just, it's bananas. Um, but from a mountain bike standpoint, the Carabasset region Nemba up there has done an amazing job. They've got so much trail and so many like different options as far as mountain biking. Um, we're this year at Nemba Fest, you know, we, we've, we, we have the support of Sugarloaf Mountain, which is really great because they know how to put on an event. Um, they have the infrastructure there, uh, from a, from a, you know, a bandwidth standpoint. So there were like us as a new staff and bringing this back in after a couple of years to a new place, we're, we're really grateful and leaning on them to help us to make this a great event. Um, yeah, so it's three days of riding and celebrating summer and mountain bikes. There's going to be bands, there's going to be vendors, there's going to be food, there's going to be beer, there's going to be epic rides, um, camping, RVs, um, concerts. I mean, dude, it's, it's going to be rad. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, there's going to be a lift lift service. Yeah, dude. So this is something that you, uh, I, that, I, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> not only is there going to be lift service, but like right after um, we leave Sugarloaf, there's the Enduro World Series there. The next so, weekend, right? I mean, just to like ice it a little bit and to sound, you know, Adam Craig, who is you know, an Olympic mountain biker and a totally rad, awesome, nice guy is um, the director of mountain bike events, I think is his official title. I'm sorry, Adam, if you're listening to that and I got your title wrong, 
but we went up there and met with those guys and talked to Adam and, you know, he's this really cool, humble, nice guy who is like building trail and turning it loose at Sugarloaf, man. And he knows what the hell to do. So yeah, to get back to your question, answer your question is like, yes, dude, they're going to be spinning lips and they're going to have like really, really rowdy downhill at Sugarloaf at Nembafest. That's been like the mastermind of a world-class mountain biker. Um, setting up for the Enduro World Series. So you can only imagine what those trails are going to look like because they got the entire world coming there in about 10 days after we leave. Um, so that's unique too. Yeah, we're really fortunate to have Adam and, and Sugarloaf again supporting us. And, you know, another thing like to go back to bringing in folks that we have some blind spots on, like those dudes should come, those Enduro guys should come check out Nebafest because it's going to be a fun, good time, mountain bikes, and they can, you know, get absolutely rowdy on, on whatever craziness Adam conjures up for him for sure. Yeah. It's nuts, man. That, yeah. When's registration open? So, well, that's a conversation we're having right now. Um, I think registration, I I don't want to talk out of turn, but soon, how about I can say that Um, we've got a couple things we want to button up as far as website and some boxes to check as far as where we want people to go with registration. Um, but all the pieces are in place. It's just a matter of flipping the switch. Um, but I know Tra- Travis is really close to, to wanting to get that out. Uh, we know that it's going to, we know that it's going to be, I mean, number fest at kingdom trails was so big, dude, it was thousands and thousands of people. And it was just, it, it was really beautiful to see mountain biking celebrated like that at KT. Um, and after you know, two years of not having it, that's everyone's been talking about it. And when you guys came out and, and said yeah. it's happening, it's like the buzz just everywhere it was. Yeah, dude. Going. I mean, I I have said to Travis a few times, I have total anxiety about Nemefest because I'm like, I'm I feel like I'm gonna get steamrolled and I'm gonna, you know, but that's just my own personal like you know issues I have with it because <laughs> I'm I, I'm terrified of anything that's gonna kill me. Um, but we have an events coordinator coming on. We're going to really try it, again. It's, it's going to be different this year because one, it's at a different place. It's a different group putting it on. We don't have this kingdom trails. We don't have the wildflower in supporting us. It's just us and Sugarloaf. Um, the other reality is, is that demo bikes are weird right now, dude. It's like, I don't know what's in the stable for Cannondale and pivot and specialized and, you know, whoever else is coming. So, you know, we don't know what it's going to look like. And that was a big draw for a lot of people. Um, you know, all those industry partners will be there. It's just like, I don't know if they're going to have 50 bikes to, to toss out. Yep. Um, so like, we're really focused on this, you know, intimate programming piece of it and like making it fun. And, you know, we're going to involve Imba. They're going to come and do some educational stuff. We're going to have a women's summit so that women can go and to have an experience. And we're going to have, you know, the Connecticut cycling advancement program, CCAP do youth and skills clinics for kids. Um, So there's a lot of programming things that are going to happen within NEMBAFEST that are, you know, hopefully going to make it an experiential thing for sure. I'm pumped. I gotta get my oh, dude, I'm so pass. I gotta get my hall pass of the weekend. You do, you do. <laughs> Listen, it's it is like 
I I drove from I had like a kind of weird navigation up to the Carabasa Valley. And I went from Vermont, I was snowboarding with my kids and I went from Vermont to New Hampshire and then up to Maine. And it was like, dude, it was snowing so hard the entire time. My poor little RAV4. <laughs> I was like, you could do it, man. You can do it. And I got there and, you know, I'm not overwhelmed. I've been a lot of places in my life, but I was just like, could, you gotta be kidding me, dude. Like, where am I? And why, why do, I don't want to leave. Um, you know, it's, it's radness up there. It's, it's like when you go that far out, you gotta be, you know, you're getting into something good. Mm. We got to get Tyler to come out from Wisconsin. I know. I keep thinking about that. I'm like thinking about my vacation time and when things are. And I yeah. don't know if I need to rearrange a few things <clears throat> or what, or if I need to just plan for not this year, but next year. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I need to do it. I, I, I need to get out by, by y'all. Yeah. It's, it's cool up here. It's definitely, you know, bring the, bring the Jeffsy for sure. Don't bring yeah. the dirt. Over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other thing is that's, you know, to like go into a little bit more about Nemefest is that, you know, we're not alone up there this year. It's like Nemefest is happening that first weekend of August, but then it's like Enduro World Series at Sugarloaf. And before us is the Flow State Festival in Vermont. And then there's like another event, um, another event happening at Sugarloaf, an Enduro event. And so it's like the Northeast this year is going to pop with mountain biking. It is like, it's on. As soon as we get in to July and events start happening with June, July with our, our chapters, as soon as we hit August, dude, it's, it's going to get mental. Yep. You know? And there's so many industry like folks that we're talking to that are like, we're bringing our two buses or two trucks and we're camping out in the Northeast for a month. That's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. So I was able to get, I think flow state last year was like the, the kind of the, one and only big one in new England. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it drew a huge crowd. I, I was lucky enough to go and it was my first, first festival. It's cool. So awesome. Those shows were so awesome. I had Escutney so much is, fun. Oh my God. Scotty is so cool, man. It's uh, like, you know, it's, I, I think about the Northeast and I think about, and there's so many places I haven't ridden and it, it's so good, you know, we live, it's this tight, narrow corridor of all these states and New York is big, you know, we got, I got it and you get further up and there's, it's a little bit more vast, but like New Hampshire, Vermont, um, you know, Connecticut, Mass, the riding there is second to none, man. There's, it's just so, so good. We need to figure out like a cool name. Like somebody, somebody, somebody was saying, um, like, <laughs> the pacific northwest i forget yeah. who it was they were talking i think it was um god i think it was this kid ken he was telling me we should be the annie the atlantic northeast yeah <laughs> just like go again yeah. you know yeah we're also from like flow state this year we're doing a full and we just started this programming and, you know, I always say that Travis had this, it was his idea and it's such a great idea. And the marketer in me, I was, he said, we should do something. You know, I was thinking, it was actually when I first started, he was like, we should do something from flow state to fest. And he was like, I was thinking flow to fest. So we're doing a full programming map 
of flow to fest. And we're going to incentivize people and give them like a passport to travel to certain places along the way and take that whole entire week and do the flow to fest. Um, That's you know, we're talking awesome. to, yeah, dude, we're talking to a couple beer sponsors so that they can set up places for people to go and do group rides and they'll have beer and they'll be ready for them. Um, yeah, there, it's, it's, it's going to be something for sure. I'm excited. Me too, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm, I'm all the above. I, I am really, really geeked. This thing is coming back. I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it from this angle. I'm really excited to see our community um, rally around coming to Carabasset Valley. You know, the thing about Kingdom Trails is that that is not a NEMBA situation at all there. That's not a NEMBA chapter. It's not a space for us. I mean, KT's some of our best friends and partners, but this is the first time in a long time that we can show off one of our regions, um, which is cool, you know? Yeah, that Carabasa Valley Nemba is, they're, they're putting in work. I see, yeah, they I see all the stuff they're doing up there, and it's it's just amazing. They it, kick it's ass, really man. cool. It's just a testament to the fact that, you know, when you have all these people that are, whether they're cross-country skiers or hikers or dog walkers or snowboarders or fat bikers or mountain bikers, they're all like, dude, let's build an outdoor community. Yep. And let's, let's all, you know, all hands on deck and let's, let's make it a place where people want to come for sure. And I think that community there is like, you know, has, has re is, is experiencing an economic impact for sure. Oh, absolutely. It's a destination. I mean, wait till you get there, Tommy. It's you to blow your mind. Can't wait. <laughs> so we, we have one question. All right. I'm going to ask the, the main question. It's kind of like the theme of the podcast. Yeah. So in all in all, why do you ride bikes? Why? Why, why mountain bikes? And why, um, like as a summary, basically um yeah that's that's it did you you asked jimmy it's funny i i reference his a lot but i i vaguely remember hearing this and like that you actually asked me that question it kind of sunk in my heart a little bit <clears throat> you know i have a i ride bikes for there's a there's a lot of reasons um one reason is because like there's no better way to see the world than buy a bike you know absolutely not i have I have gone places on a bike that I, I can't believe I've been, um, you know, I've, I've traveled you know, miles that I can't believe I traveled by bike that were so much more meaningful than car, or I would have never done it by walking. There's no doubt about it. And then just to stop and, 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 and to like breathe it all in along the way is, is, I mean, it's unbelievable. I'm, I'm, I can't believe that I've had the opportunity to do this. The other reason I ride a bike is because, dude, it has given me like this, this like emotional lift in my life that I, I can't even describe. Um, and I mean that from friendships, from the relationships I have with my brothers and my sister, and my cousins, and, you know, just experience my family around me. Um, the brotherhood I have with all those guys I started racing with in, you know, 1996 and 97. And, here we are in, you know, this, this year, and we're talking about, we can't wait to get together. Um, it is, it is like 
the the foundation of my life is built in those relationships that are that have been formed while riding bikes um and and i i cannot like i i wouldn't be who i am without that as a centerpiece of it um yeah man it's it's a it makes me want to cry a little bit it's mm-hmm. it's it's like it's silly to think about it that a uh, a mechanism that is a means of transportation it really becomes such an important centerpiece of your life. But for me, it's that, you know, it's that it's, it's, you know, taking me places and it's built relationships that I will never, I'll, I'll never, ever forget. It's, it's really special for sure. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great answer. Absolutely. <laughs> It's just affirmation that I'm in the right job. That's for sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny when I think about it like that, like I didn't even get into, there's, there's a part, you know, I'm just going to, if you want to cut this up, Tyler, you can. True. My father-in-law, <laughs> when I married, when I met my wife, my father-in-law was like this outdoor guy and he was from Oregon and he traveled by, you know, motorcycle and he was just kind of rugged and he was a laborer. Awesome dude. And here I come, all like you know, mountain biker, pretty boy, and you know, trying to get with his daughter. And fast forward, he becomes one of my best friends, you know, and and like he bought a a Kona, an old school Kona, and he was like, Oh, I'll go ride with you. And he was a big, strong guy, you know. And I took him out on his first ride and we climbed up this one lit climb and he, I thought he was going to have a heart attack and die. And I was just like, are you all right, man? You're all right. And the guys in sweatpants and, you know, and, and then we turn around and come back down. And then like, then he started 24 hour racing and then he bought a custom IF and then he was like, you know, hooked. And then he wouldn't ride anything but Chris King wheels. And then he was just like, and then he was just like going to the IF factory up in Boston when they had it in in Somerville. And he was like talking to him and then he was, he could fix anything, any bike. And like, you know, every year we would do this trip and he'd come with me and then we'd go, you know, and he and I went, we went to California and rode all these places together. And it was just like, dude, it was my guy, man. Like who has their father-in-laws as their best friend? We were getting high together in the Redwoods and like, you know, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, and then, you know, three years ago, he died of cancer. Oh, man. You know? And like, I, I built a relationship with that man because of a bicycle, you know, and I, I have this guy who in my life that was so critical on my kid's life at an early age and, you know, so critical to me and gave why I watched him parent and I watched him and I was just like, not that I, my, my dad's an amazing human. He's one of my favorite people in the world, my mom too. But like to have a father-in-law like that, like it was and if we didn't have bikes together, we would have never had it. You know, it was, it's an unbelievable thing. And I think about that, like the bike is so basic, but it does so much more, you know, it does so much more for you. And it like, you know, Tommy, I heard you allude to with, with Jimmy too. It's like, it saves your life. Yep. Who would have thought that like a bicycle saved my life, but that's what happens, you know? No, I mean, you're not kidding. I was, I was in this, I mean, life was good, but I was in this rut of just unhealthy 
behaviors, right? I just work and I'd come home and, and do the family thing. And there was no exercise or like, I used to work out a lot when I was in my early twenties and, and all of a sudden 10 years went by and it was like nine of those were like just sediment lifestyle, you know, for, for the, for the most part. And since I've been riding, I'm like, it just feel so much better about myself. Yeah. And like, it, it is cool. And like, every time you ride, you feel like you ride better. Yeah. It's just, you see the progression and, and, you know, now I'm trying to eat better because I want to ride better. And like all these just small things. Yeah, and I, I know, know when you boil that back, it's like, I'm going to hopefully like, unless something crazy happens in theory, I'm going to live longer and be a better person for my family. Like it's just, I, it's awesome. It's awesome. I, yeah. I, I do. You don't have to. You, it, I, I, I get it. I get it. I've seen it, you know. And I, and like the guys like you or, or you know, Jimmy or guys I ride with that have, you know, they. It's like they always say, I, "What did I do before I rode?" Yep. Again, what the fuck was I doing? I'm insane. This is. I'm like an idiot. Why did I wait so long? You know. And yeah, it's it's good, man good for the soul for sure it's awesome all right so dude Mick, thank you so much for taking the time yeah. to come on um i'm looking forward to working with you closely with you Likewise. know all the nemba stuff going for and and probably i don't know maybe you'll come up this way for something we do for the chapter but definitely we're riding together you can break my legs off at nemba fest i like it um or maybe we can have bill break both of our legs off I like that too. That's, yeah. that's, that's a certain for sure. <laughs> so, and we got to get back. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love talking bikes and, you know, let's let's do it again soon for sure. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. buddy. Yeah, right, thank man. you. Good meeting you. Yeah, Tyler. You too. Take care. Have a good night. Have a good yeah, night, you guys. You too. Later. Bye. Bye.